Well, well, let's let's get into the politics and the story about the Auckland CBD. And I'm sure it's worse in the Auckland CBD or it's more of an issue in the Auckland CBD than other CBDs in the country because really it's the perfect storm of the pandemic but also the construction of the city rail link. And, and as a result of all these different factors, including that you've got international students not there, you've got people working from home, uh, you have uh, more people who would have struggled to get into housing have managed to get housing because it is available, but at the lower end apartments, which is, as I say, a perfect storm making the CBD seemingly less safe and now statistically having the highest number of vacant shops since the mid-90s. So to help us understand this and, and what can be done, Michael Barnett is the Chief Executive of the Auckland Business Chamber and he joins us now. Good afternoon. Hi, guys. Okay, Michael. Now, the, the article about the, the CBD strip being having problems, it wouldn't be news to anyone who's taken a stroll up or down Queen Street. How bad is it? Um, I think it's bad for Queen Street, but I think we do need to you know, face the reality. It's a consequence of the last two years. We've been watching it coming, especially for the last 12 months. So my question probably is, um, if we've seen it coming, what's the city doing about it? What's the business community doing about it, and so on? Well, what can they what can they be doing about it? I think one of the best signals, and I look at New Zealand, the biggest employer in New Zealand is is government. And if I have a look at Central Wellington, Central Auckland, probably in Canterbury, a little bit the same. You've got a large number of people who would be coming to. Um, their offices, their government departments, those people are still working from home. And if the government chose to change that, that would totally change the outlook for many of the retail, cafe owners, restaurants, uh, and so on. I think also we need to have a look and say, you know, the government's not going to keep putting its hand in the, its pocket. So Auckland City, Wellington City, they knew Orange was coming. Where are the big promos? Where is the attraction that they've got out there to get people to be in Auckland, not only for Easter, the next two weeks and so on? What we need to do is to have a positive response to rebuild instead of looking to the government for help. Michael, do you think it's just the awkward reality, as I say, of the perfect storm, which means that things will get better, they'll get better a little bit now with more people returning to central city offices, but really this is probably a two-year thing in terms of the return of tourists, international students, and the completion of the city rail link. Yeah, it's probably like interest rates. It's going to happen slower, um, or the recovery is going to happen slower. But I think if I, you know, if I just picked you up on what you said, it's going to get better. It's not going to get better unless we actually have a plan to make it better if we put things in place that are going to change what is. And I think that that's going to be the big challenge. Our tourists are not going to be back in a hurry from offshore. Our students are not going to be back in a hurry from offshore. But there's a large number of people in New Zealand who traditionally and collectively would spend billions of dollars offshore each year, and the question should be, what are we doing to attract them? The barriers have reduced to travel. We need to get back into events. We need to get back into having people into our central cities, and we can actually do that ourselves. What what actually could be done right now to give the, the, the business community in our CBDs some 
some impetus or, or, or a motivation for people to come back into the cities? I think central government, local government um, reaction for me would be the biggest. And I go back to my point about them being the largest employers and they could make a difference by having people coming back to the central cities. I think also, you know, if you have a look at, at Auckland over the, the last two years and look at the personality of Auckland, if you have a look at how people have looked at Auckland, not only the red light, but hell, you know, to hell with having these people coming and visit us. Well, you know, the government is saying that we're in orange, we can move around, we can start spending. I think all of us need to start doing that. So, me, I think some positive things. I also think we do need to actually have a plan for recovery. We can't just keep sitting there saying, no, this is going to get better. We really do have to have a plan. And if it's major events, if it's major concerts, if it's major promotion for Auckland, Wellington, Queenstown, Canterbury and so on, then those are the things that we have to do. It's really a battle with suburbia, though, in that the stats about how suburbia has done well, Retail New Zealand said that some suburban centres reading here had seen a rise of up to 15% in sales in the last couple of years uh, with more people uh, you know, not driving further to go to work. And so, so it's the suburbs versus CBDs, and that's not a New Zealand-only problem. So how do, we, how do we, if we believe in CBDs, take some of that back off the suburbs? It's always been you know, shopping centre versus shopping centre as well. And so... You know, it's a it's a competition for the client, and we know that the client can now moves. They can move around. They've got choice. And I come back to my point: what is it that we're doing to make sure that when we attract, we're attracting them to my place? They're doing business with me. Is it about my customers? Is it about my product? Is it about reminding them that I'm there? Many of those things are local. Some of them are international as well. But we need to be remind, reminding people that this is where Auckland is or this is where New Zealand is. Do you think that this whole work-from-home trend, as you were were saying, it's probably going to be a tough call for the government to suddenly require everyone to to drive into their offices when they're so used to working from home and and the discussions around people's choices? Do you think that this is... that signifies maybe a longer-term problem than businesses might be able to cope with? I think it is going to be a a major change in a recent survey that the Chamber did... Um, Many employers talked about trying to, you know, to change the pages that people have got into over the last years and they have two years and they're having difficulty getting people back. I mean, the reality for many businesses is that a lot of the innovation and creativity comes from teams of people working together. And yes, you can work in isolation and you might be able to process, but when it comes to, you know, working as teams and you know, determining a plan forward and that innovation and creativity that comes in that environment will need to be working together. It may mean that we go to perhaps three days in the office and a couple from home, but the employer is going to have to make up their minds. And to me, I think we're going to need to determine what's best for the business, what's best for our cities. Today, there are a couple of examples of businesses which are staying open at a loss. Um, that they've let go of most of their staff. Um, they're trying to hang in there in the hope that things are going to get better soon, but are currently losing thousands of dollars every week. For businesses like that in the CBD, is there anything in the immediate, you know, the short term that can be done to help them? 
So I think there really does need to be a plan. And I have to say, if I just isolate Auckland for a moment and I look at the CBD, um, I look at local government, you know, we've known for weeks that we're going to be eventually getting back into orange. So where is the plan? You know, we've got more candidates out there. Where is their, where is their brilliance? What is it that they're going to do to help Auckland to recover? Just a silence out there and they're looking back and looking for government help. We really are going to have to change the mindset and believe in ourselves and believe that Auckland is going to do better and we need to be a part of making it better. All right, well, thank you very much for your time. Michael Barnett, Chief Executive of the Auckland Business Chamber. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Enjoy your Easter. And, and I think, Bevo, uh, that I really do believe, and I keep going on about this perfect storm, but a large part of that is the construction of the City Rail Link. And so that if you look at, say, Albert Street, which if you're not familiar with Auckland, is parallel to Queen Street and is really the, the second main street and is very much a, a an office street. So lots of high-rise offices and a brand-new 40-storey hotel has just mm. been built there. Um, but but you can't go up and down the street. And so, so a street like that is so crucial to the CBD and no one wants to be there because it's a massive construction site. In two years' time, we're going to have actually, believe it or not, a world-class subway, which will completely open up the city. It's two years, and it would have been painful irrespective of the pandemic. But add the pandemic, and you subtract the tourists, you subtract the office workers, uh, you subtract the foreign students, you add to that gang members who are now able to get you know, housing on the cheap in the CBD, as well as uh, people who, who are pretty dysfunctional who are now for the first time able to get housing and that's good that they're getting housing but it is creating issues in the cbd all these factors together um, means right now is going to be tough but i do believe in a couple of years it'll get better but it could be a long two years Blimey. um yeah i i do worry for the businesses around that area at the moment though because i, I love actually i love coming into the city but i i be honest i haven't probably really taken a big stroll around uh, queen street and the cbd for for, for quite a while well, well, I, th- I think, and I say this to people because I, I love cities, um, mm. is to not assume that the whole CBD is um, is a bad place and is a dangerous place. For example, you know, Britomart is, is great. And uh, Wynyard Quarter, if you haven't been there for, say, six months, you'll be amazed how, how quickly it keeps changing. And, and it's pretty exciting. Um, that commercial bay there that, you know, it's a billion-dollar project. And, yes, the, there aren't as many people there as you'd like, mm. but it's it's pretty exciting. You know, it's it's, it's pretty sensational architecture and, and, and cool shops and dining experiences. So, so there's, there's a lot that's really good. It's just that the traditional idea of Queen Street is, um, is not flashing, as I say, the, the parallel streets um, where they're I building wonder the what sort of event. I wonder what sort of events would actually bring people. Obviously, you know, they've got the, the magnificent AATS Centre and the Civic Theatre, so people will, people will be going to back to events once they they start winding up again some beverage concerts well and indeed uh but you know what what um i guess that's those that's sort of traffic's in the weekends and the evenings isn't it and uh, what the businesses want to see is they want to see more people just in the city full stop i actually you've just remi- you reminded me earlier about the uh, train stations and all the work that's been yeah. done on the city rail link it'll be amazing which i i must admit i'd sort of just it's just that thing that's happening yeah. Sometime in the future, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if it was now? Yeah. Um, so yeah. But but you know, your heart goes out to businesses who are losing thousands of bucks, and um, and again to be reminded that that is contrasting with say people who've set up businesses in the suburbs who are going gangbusters. 
Um, so it's not all bad news, but unfortunately for the CBD in Auckland, it um, it appears to be at the moment. All right, it's 3.23, and let's change tack. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Andrew Hoggard from Federated Farmers. Um, he's the president of Federated Farmers. Um, and he's talking about why we at least need more of a discussion about genetically modified products and organisms uh, in New Zealand. So this is something which, I mean, you'll remember that infamous interview with John Campbell and Helen Clark many, many years ago. This is something which is which has always got pretty heated in New Zealand. Was that the one where she called him a little creep? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, th- I think they that probably one. made up. I suspect... Uh, I suspect... <laughs> I been, not, in like, any, not in any convincing way. <laughs> is it 20 years ago? I feel like they would have made up. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> why don't we bring them together if they haven't made up? Uh, but why we should be discussing this again, Andrew Hoggard, after the break. It's three twenty-four.